back, everyone, to the seventh episode of the CFL podcast. We're here coming up on week six of the NFL season, and uh, I'm joined back by our second host. Look who uh, decided second to show host. up today. Yeah, our second host. What, what, what is this? Yeah, we're co-hosts. Oh, okay. That's not what You're, I thought you meant. <laughs> you decided to show up this week? Yeah, I just woke up. Wow. <laughs> like just now? Yeah, not too long ago. Oh, and uh, what I had a, a life. I had a dream, and yeah. we were doing the podcast, mm-hmm. but you weren't ready. You didn't make notes the night before, and I, I don't know. I can't remember, but I got locked out of my car for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> and then I had to... The sunroof was open, though, so that's how I got back in. You crawled in through the roof. Yeah, yeah something like that. Did you like leave your fantasy notes like in your car? Is that why you were so desperate to get back in? Oh, I don't, I, it's, it's hazy. I don't know. It's all a haze. Yeah. But you weren't ready. Well, I mean, full disclosure, I, I, I did make my notes during the Pats-Giants game last night, and I was pretty tired, so a lot of this is going to be just, you know, shooting from the hip. But it's going to be good. I guarantee it. It's going to be some good commentary we're going to have this episode. So, uh, you know, without further ado here, Brandon, why don't you, you know, re- reassert yourself on this podcast by talking about some current events this week. Okay, so let's start it off with some CFL news. And I think the storyline here would be the trade between the Bears and the Loudonville Griffins. So the Griffins received Jacoby Brissett and LaShawn McCoy, right? Yeah. And and the Bears received Josh Jacobs and Daniel Jones? Yep, correct. So so the logic here is is that Austin needs an upgraded quarterback, so he's going to go from Daniel Jones to Brissett, and for that compensation, Brandon's going to swap McCoy for Jacobs. Yes, correct. So this was super funny. So just setting the scene here, this all went down in the chat. And everyone was like talking about it. And then Austin, Austin messages me, and he's like, you think, you think this is a good trade for me, right? And I said, no, nah, we got we to gotta wait for the podcast to discuss, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, we're going to have a nice surprise for you. And I was talking to you about this trade. And I, I think we're both on the same page here. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I, I don't like this trade for the Griffins. It's... No, this is a terrible trade for the Griffins. And I hate to say I hate to say this on Austin's birthday, too. Happy birthday, Austin. Happy birthday. We just don't like this trade, bro. Like, you're giving up a top, arguably a top 10 running back, you know, top 15, definitely, for an upgrade at quarterback from Daniel Jones to Brissett. And I don't think you can really argue that Brissett is is. You can, it's, Brissette I think it's, is definitely an upgrade from Daniel Jones. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's enough of an upgrade to justify sacrificing your fifth or sixth round pick. I don't remember exactly when he took Jacobs, but you know your, your RB two. I'll look. I'll look that up, and you, you, you. I'll let you keep explaining this. Right. So, Brissette is definitely an upgrade over over Daniel Jones, but he's going from Josh Jacobs to Lashawn McCoy, and at the moment, McCoy's not even. McCoy's not even safe right now for his job. Damian Williams and Daryl Williams are eating into his production, and I don't know how long McCoy will be, you know, the number one running back for the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. So you're you're giving up a guy that I, I just looked it up. Austin took Jacobs in the fourth round. He took Ertz. He took a uh, right Ertz in the third. Yeah, round. he took Ertz in the third, and then he had also taken Adams in the second. So this was even before he took. Dalvin Cook. Cook was a second round pick. 
So yeah, that's right, because he had the two second round picks. But even still, you're taking a, a guy you took in the fourth round for LaShawn McCoy, who, as you just said, he's not even the starter. If he was like a low tier starter, I'm, I'm trying to think of a guy that I would argue that this trade would be fair. So I'm thinking of someone like is Philip Lindsay better? Philip Philip Lindsay. I was gonna say, would you do? Would you think this trade would be fair if it was for Lindsay? I think objectively, it is. Fa- it would be more fair, and I think I would definitely consider that trade. Yeah, it would still be an upgrade for both sides. Yeah, because clearly. Clearly, the Griffins are suffering a QB. And when Breeze comes back, Austin's going to have, you know, his choice of Brissett or Cousins, I guess, to choose to be his QB2 here on out. And his quarterback, you know, locker room will definitely be pretty strong. In terms of the Bears, I mean, we'll talk about them later, but, like, I, I just don't... It, they definitely... I mean, they don't really have many quarterbacks to start with. So, like, losing losing Brissett for Daniel Jones, I don't, I don't think hurts them too much. Now... We'll look at their roster in a bit, but gaining Jacobs is certainly a huge bump, and I think puts the Bears back into like spoiler like relevancy. Yeah, I would say so, and and it kind of hurts uh, the Griffins even more. And we'll get to them in the ranking soon. Yep. So you know the, this other kind of piece of news that we had, really not much else happened this week in terms of like NFL news, but with the Redskins, Andrew and I had talked about them a lot last week in terms of their quarterbacks and. You know, no one in the CFL owned any of the three, but uh, as of Monday, Jay Gruden was fired, the head coach, and they the new interim head coach came out and declared Case Keenum the starting quarterback again, which personally I think is the smart move. I think even just for the sake of the fans, like Keenum is the logical choice. It's clear that Haskins is not ready, and Colt McCoy has never he's gotten a chance. And I don't think he's ever really been a guy that's shown... He's had, like, flashes, but, like, he's never really been a guy that's shown the ceiling that Case Keenum has shown when he was on the Vikings. So I think Case Keenum, you know, you got him... You, you signed him for a reason, and that was to kind of be, like, the bridge quarterback for Haskins. So I think they're making the right move. And I guess, Brandon, the question here is, do you think Keenum is a viable quarterback in the CFL? Well, in the CFL, absolutely. It's a two-quarterback league. There's only going to be two two starting quarterbacks not uh, on a team. The Bears just picked him up with their bye week issues right now. Yeah, they, they're going to have to start him. But he's a, he's a QB, too. I don't know how much upside he has. And I think another question to look at is, for the Redskins as a whole, when would Haskins start? I mean, you got to start him this time, sometime this season, right? I don't think so necessarily Uh, honestly i don't think the redskins are competing so if i'm redskins ownership i'm saying to myself you know we're gonna get a new head coach next season and it's not gonna be either the you know the interim head coach now or it's gonna be someone new that we hire so maybe we do just rest haskins give him a full season kind of like what pat mahomes had and you know kind of do a reset button in the offseason, get a new head coach that can work with Haskins and get him ready for next regular season. And in the meantime, we'll just start Keenum, who can, you know, help us evaluate our receivers, our tight ends, our O-line, can be a game manager for us, and at least keep us competitive in games just for the fans' sake. But I don't think I'd be rushing to start Haskins. They've invested too much in him to rush to start him. I mean, I wouldn't say rush to start him, but there's got to be a time when you bring him in because I believe Alex Smith will be back next season. And 
I mean, what what are we going to oh, do? True, what, yeah. are we, what are we going to do with him? Yep. So I'm looking at the schedule here, and I mean, this would have been an, a, a pretty good opportunity to play him, but no reason to rush him. But then they got the 49ers, the Vikings. You mean you're, you're saying against the Dolphins? Yeah, the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. 49ers, Vikings, Bills. The, those are all tough matchups. I would not throw him in. Maybe start him at the Jets or versus the and Jets? the and the Lions. I mean, the back half of the schedule is not bad. You've got the Jets, Detroit, which could be competitive. Um, the Panthers, I think, would be tough, but I don't think it would be that far out of the realm. Uh, really, I mean, the Packers is a tough matchup there, but Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. I mean, certainly, I mean, those are all divisional games. I could certainly see, like, if the Redskins trail by a lot in some of these games, Haskins getting put in in, like, the fourth quarter. I mean, even this week against the Dolphins, I could see him getting at least some playing time, but again, I think they're trying to be very cautious with him to a T almost and to the, you know, the nth degree because they took him in the first round and it would be a big bust for him to come out this year and play not prepared. Exactly. So if I'm them, I just start Keenan Keenum and uh, you know, you've, you've, you've got Colt McCoy there too. And like you said, they got Alex Smith. So it's all about Haskins and making sure he's ready at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. I think it'll depend on their record, honestly, going forward. Like, right, especially with all the injuries they've been dealing with. Anyway, we'll, we don't have to talk about that too long. Let's keep moving here. Uh, we had four waivers this week. Uh, I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on this first one here. We had NLS taking Chris, is it Herndon? Yes. How do you say that? Herndon. Yeah, Herndon. Yep. Yeah, Chris Herndon using another waiver on a tight end. And the kicker here is that Chris Herndon got injured at practice this week, coming off of a four-week suspension here. He gets injured with, a, I think, a grade one hamstring injury, and he could be sidelined for another two weeks here. So I guess the real question here is, was this a good waiver move for Bryce, or was this just more tight end nonsense? I think it depends on his waiver position, but I don't think it was a good waiver. He's got Jimmy Graham, and I think there are a few viable streaming options from week to week if if that's the way Bryce wants to go. But but it's not a waiver I'm like wincing at. I think yeah, I'll, I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I actually think this was um, one of Bryce's better waivers of the year. I'm not gonna fault him because of this injury that came up. Um, you know, that's kind of a, a fluke type thing. Uh, you know, I'm sure. I think Bryce would have started him this week against um, you know the Jets playing Dallas I think Bryce would have put him in the lineup over Graham I could be wrong I'm not that's sure. just a hunch maybe um, maybe he gives him a week just to see how he practices and plays but yeah. he, I know he, he liked him and I know he wanted to start him and it's a little bit unfortunate that he's missing two weeks and Herndon had a pretty good back half of 2018 so I think that's a lot of people were kind of sleeping on him and I think it was I'm not going to fault him for using a waiver because there was a lot of like waiver hype about this guy. And I think other, I think someone else in our league would have picked him up. So I don't think it's bad. I think it's just a little bit unfortunate. Um, and it's good that he has a guy like Graham who's at least serviceable that can fill in in the meantime. I think he ultimately wants to start Herndon at tight end. Yeah. I would say uh, given there's a few Jets fans in this league. Yeah. That's, that's fair that, he might have been taken, so waiver might have been necessary. Yeah, it's true. Second waiver we had was the Blizzard uh, coming back into the the waiver thick of things. I think they've 
maybe they've taken a few weeks off, or maybe they had one a few weeks ago, but I can't remember exactly when the last time the Blizzard used a waiver, but they uh, take D.D. Westbrook, the receiver for the Jags, who I think started off the season pretty strong, but has kind of regressed a little bit, seeded some touchdowns and targets to other Jags receivers. So what do you think, what do you make of this one? I think Westbrook was the clear number one heading into the season, and he's kind of moved over into PPR kind of guy where he, he gets you catches, no guarantees on touchdowns or deep passes, especially with the emergence of Chark. So I, I don't like this waiver in particular, especially with the Blizzard being where they are right now and have, having very good wide receiver depth. Uh, see, I think I'm going to disagree with you again here. Um, I think the only reason why the Blizzard do this is because T.Y. Hillen's on by. And so you look at, I mean, he's got Westbrook in his starting lineup, and we'll look at his lineup a little bit later, but the fact that he can pick him up and then immediately put him in, uh, in as a wide receiver three against a pretty good Saints team this week, just as like a bi-week fill-in, I think that's the, that's what you have to use waivers for. And I mean, really, the only other alternatives that he had on his team were Sterling Shepard, who was ruled out and did not play last night, and Kiki Kuti on the you know the Texans. So I actually think this is a really good waiver for the Blizzard. And you know, I think he's got a good matchup here this week against the Saints, just for the one week that he needs him. I, I don't disagree that he needed a wide receiver and he's a good fill-in, but. Waivers are are a hot commodity here, and I don't I don't see you throwing that away, especially when you were a top three one at the time. Yeah, I mean, I would say normally waivers are pretty. They, I think they've honestly. This is kind of a side note or a side tangent, but I think waivers have been more important in years past, and I think it's honestly just because we haven't had as many injuries to high profile names this year beyond quarterbacks. And so maybe in years past, I would have I would have dinged on him a little bit more. Maybe in my my waiver column last year, maybe I would have given him a harder time about picking this up. But I mean, the state of affairs now we're we're, we're getting on week six. The bye weeks are starting. I mean, with Seth in the position that he's in, I don't have a problem with him. You know, using a waiver, taking a flyer on, you know, a guy that could put up a decent amount of points this week. Um, now, if, if he wasn't four and one, if he was two and three or, you know, three and two, maybe a different story, but I think he's, he's just, I think he's just trying to, he's just cruising. Yeah. He's just cruising right now. So I'm not going to fault him too much for that. So then the next one we had was the land sharks taking up, uh, Muhammad Sanu and, you know, full disclosure, this was actually a guy that I had considered using a waiver on. I haven't used a waiver since week, week one. And I was actually considering using a waiver on Mohamed Sanu. I, I figured someone would take him. I didn't think someone was going to take him with a waiver. I thought someone was going to just take him. Was going to take him at like five thirty a.m. But, but uh, what, what are you implying? What I, 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 that's just what I assume, honestly, nowadays. That someone's just going to wake up early and just snipe him. But uh, you know, John used the waiver. Now he doesn't have him starting this week, so I really, I, I think it's really just a. A depth play. I, I think he's planning for life without digs. Mm. That's what that's what I would say. You think he's trying to trade digs? Oh yeah, he's absolutely trying to trade digs. Okay. He's been throwing out offers left and right. Not good offers. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got he's got Michael Gallup as his wide receiver three this week, and I can see that being his his wide receiver three for the year. Gallup. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, Sanu's been playing decently well. Gallup's averaging the games he's played. He's getting he's getting about six or seven targets and, you know, pretty much about 80, 90 yards averaging. So you can't, nothing to not like there. I think you're right. It is a depth play. Um, maybe even a flex play when some of John's running backs go on by. Yeah. So again, I don't really have a problem with this waiver either. No, we know what you're getting with Sanu. He's not, he's not a guy you're expecting 20. He's not a guy you're expecting to bust with like uh, less than five, but you know, who gets you like the solid 60 to 80 yards and uh, has a chance for a touchdown with Matt Ryan. Yeah. I mean, Sanu's only, I mean, out of the five weeks so far, he's only had less than five points once. Yeah. So he's, you know, getting upper, upper uh, singles, low teens, mm-hmm. which is what you expect from him. So not a problem there. And the last one we had, which, you know, yet again, Game of Jones with the uh, the interesting waiver pickups, takes a kicker this week. He's, he's taken defenses the last two weeks. Kickers or defenses? Yeah, he, he takes he takes a, a kicker in Josh Lambeau. I don't even know what team Josh Lambeau's on, to be honest. Do you? Jaguars. He's on the Jags. He's, I think he's been on like three or four teams. It's hard to keep up with the kickers. Yeah, but. I think he started in as a charger, and he was good there. Yeah, and so he is the sixth-ranked kicker right now. He's a good kicker. But again, I, I don't see anyone using a waiver on a kicker. No. Um, if you really think that like kicker is your weakest link on your roster, then you know have at it. Use a waiver. But I, I don't see that being the rationale or the mentality of the nine other managers of this league. Right. And I think with the four teams on bye, I don't think anyone had one of those bye week kickers. So there was no nothing to worry about. All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. I don't know why I'm opening up all these segments, but I guess I just will. We've got our, our games of the week. Uh, I'll start this one off. Oh, a matchup that I think many of us have been looking forward to for some time now. We have the Washington Redskins and the Miami Dolphins. It's the Tank Bowl, baby. We got. What kind of trash are you presenting here? This is the true game of the week. This is for arguably the number one pick next year. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It yeah. could be the most important game of the year, besides the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Jets are in play, though. So That's true. So, but, but And jokes aside, we, we have some players that we need to evaluate here. Um, it's a good chance for Rosen to kind of like, you know, try out for the team and see if... <laughs> try out. Yeah, he's got, he's got to try out either for this team or another NFL team. So, him, Keenum's going to be back in the lineup, so we're going to see how he returns. Um, I'm finally confident in starting my boy terry mclaurin i was very spooked by the redskins firing gruden and not knowing like who the quarterback was going to be but and honestly if it was Colt mccoy i probably wouldn't have started mclaurin but now that keenum's back in the lineup i have mclaurin in my lineup now i think it's full send on all redskins skill players which i guess is basically just mclaurin and chris thompson and maybe adrian peterson so um you know finn's wide receivers who knows what the heck anyone's going to do on that team. Um, the other kind of, you know, point here is that your Tigers, you're starting both these running backs. You've got you've got my mistake, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> and you also have Chris Thompson. So, well, this is the know, week to play all your fins and skins, right? It's the one week. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> the one and only week, I guess. Which is why this is my game of the week. <laughs> so, and, you know, you've been struggling with injuries, and we'll get into your lineup in a little bit, but... I think that's really going to be interesting to see if Drake and Thompson can be serviceable fill-ins against the two arguably worst defenses in the league. 
Yeah, they're pr- they're pretty bad. And I mean, what do you think the over under for this is going to be? Like combined points? Yeah. <sighs> I sense a bet coming. Um, <laughs> really? I, I mean, I thought that's what you were. That's what I thought. That's why you were asking me this question. Uh, um, no, I just thought it was a an interesting thing to look at. But we could. I'm I'm thinking it's gonna honestly. I think it's gonna be high scoring. Um, I think combined over under. I would say. I'd say fifty. Fifty? Huh. Yeah, I think I think twenty. I think three touchdowns a piece, minimum. Total over under would be forty one. Is what I'm seeing. Total. Yeah. Are you looking at the FanDuel website? Yeah. <laughs> like I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm taking the over. If you want to take the under. I don't really want to make this a bet because I got two guys that I want to go oh. off. Oh, that's true. All right. Well, but I was just curious. Okay. Well, I think it's gonna be over forty-one. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think it. I think it'll also be over forty-one. So why don't you why don't you talk about your game of the week? Okay, so I I decided it, it was a little too easy if I were if I was going to take the Chiefs Texans game that that that's already going to be the game of the week. But for fantasy wise, I'm going to go with the 49ers at the Rams. Main reason being Todd Gurley is questionable to play with a thigh contusion, and they've had limited walkthroughs uh, Wednesday Thursday, so. If Gurley were to sit out, this would be the time to start Malcolm Brown, and this certainly would make it interesting as as an NFL game, as the 49ers could remain undefeated. As far as the 49ers running backs goes, is it gonna is it gonna remain a Coleman Breida 50-50 timeshare? Don't be sleeping on Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, the Jeff Wilson's still there, and, and same with your boy uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I had to drop Mo, but oh, you did. Yeah. Who'd you pick up? I don't know. Something I needed. <laughs> something. <laughs> a body. A warm body. Well, I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's such a committee. I don't think you can really start any of those guys beyond a flex play. Yeah, I mean, I don't, does, any, who, does anyone own Malcolm Brown in our league? I do. Oh, you own him? Yeah. Okay, are you going to start him? I mean, we'll if, s- Gurley doesn't, if Gurley doesn't play, do you start him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've seen what I got, right? Uh, I, I don't know who your flex is. Oh, okay. My flex is a wide receiver at the moment. So you have uh, Christian Kirk. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been banged up, hasn't he, with injuries? Yeah, he might not play. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, that's a, that's a solid fill-in. Dang, you'd be, you'd be leaning heavy on Rams, but we'll get into that in a little bit later. I think that's a good matchup. Are the 49ers a true 4-0 team? They've had a pretty soft schedule so far. They have. They've, they haven't played a team with three wins yet. Yeah, do the Rams kind of like take them to the you know clinic this week? Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams have been struggling a little bit too, so I think that'll be an exciting game, just you know for NFL, you know for NFL purposes too. Yeah, so let's move on to the power rankings for this week. So at number ten, we still have the Bears. I don't really know what there is to say here. I mean, the guy didn't even start a Q, his QB two last night, Daniel Jones. We we mentioned the trade that he did with the Griffins to give away Brissett for Jones. And then he doesn't even start Daniel Jones last night. And I get it. Daniel Jones only put up 5.2 points. But, like, at least have some decency and start your lineup, you know? I mean, if you're going to trade the guy, you have to assume he's not going to go negative. And I mean, Or, I mean, there's other quarterbacks available, right? 
there's someone out there. Just pick a guy up. Just right, but then um, he's dealing with the the quarterback limit, and I guess. Well, I mean, why okay. trade for him if you're not going to start him? I guess there really isn't anyone available because Chase Daniels on by. I guess really the only guy would be Devlin Hodges on the Steelers, their uh, third string, because yeah. if Rudolph probably won't play. So I, yeah, you just start Jones. What the heck, man? Yeah, I mean the matchup was not good, but you can't believe he's going to go negative. No, no, that's a, just a for, that's just a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, look anyway, looking at the rest of this lineup, I mean, nothing here really excites me besides Kelsey. No, um, that was the one constant he had. But like he had to take Kelsey so high too in the second round. The value is fine. Um. I mean, he could be doing better. We, there's so many possibilities we could talk about with there's, alter- there's just, alternatives that we could have talked about. There's just too many issues with this lineup, and especially this week. It, it's just a, almost a guaranteed loss because he's got Jacobs on by, who's I think really the only bright spot on this whole roster besides Kelsey. Um, you know, Montgomery's on by, Derek Carr's on by, Cam Newton, AJ Green injured. Bears defense on by. Save something for the matchup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not there's not really going to be much to say for the matchup, though, right? I, I, I mean, he's just starting bodies. It's <laughs> it's Kelsey and Keenum and the bodies. Like, I, I, you could say Fre- I, I, you could say Devontae Freeman, I guess. I I just I feel kind of bad for this. Like just looking at this roster. Like I'm not trying to be too critical, but like it makes me sad. It's a very sad looking roster. I mean, Tyler Lockett's good. But like we're we're grasping here. Yeah. Like Tyler Lockett's good. All right. I, I give him credit on that one. That's a good pick. Oh, but I like, didn't even realize he had Robbie Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Robbie is he's starting Robbie Anderson. Oh, like boy. that's just a meme. Is he really here for the memes at this point? Like Maybe. he misses his QB two and he just puts in Robbie Anderson for <laughs> giggles. Like <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say here. Moving on. Thank you. At number nine we have the Beagles, and that's another drop for them. I don't want to talk about it. Why not? We have to. <sighs> this just makes me sad. This also makes you sad. You know, freaking Baker. Can we talk about Baker? Sure. This might have been one of the biggest whiffs of my fantasy career in terms of, like, not injuries, but, like, a guy I take very high and just sucking Baker is averaging less than 10 points a week. He put up negative points last week against the 49ers, who I don't even think are like... They have a, they have an improved defense, especially They're improved, but like, are, they, are they a top five defense? I don't know. Uh, currently, yes, but they're number two, fantasy-wise. Okay, well, we'll find out against the Rams, maybe. But literally, my team right now is Wentz, who is good. You know, he's averaging 20 points. I can't I can't criticize Wentz. Solid. QB2. I guess now he's my QB1. Johnson is kind of... He's always dealing with an injury. That's what, I I, mean, that's what I've seen. Yeah, but, like, he's still putting up, a, you know, low teens points. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to criticize him for that. I mean, if he doesn't play, then I'm concerned, obviously. if I lo- Basically, if I lose Johnson or Connor this year, I'm basically dead in the water. Because... My receivers, as good as they are, cannot, they can't make up for it. Cooper Cup's been an absolute stud, as I predicted, 15 points a week. Adam Thielen, he's had his ups and downs, but he's, right now he's wide receiver seven, averaging 12. He's at the mercy it, of Kirk Cousins, though. Yeah, I think I think they'll get it together. I think they'll get their act together. 
Um, Terry McLaurin's kind of the wild card here. I have him. He's also averaging 12 points a week. Uh, Case Keem just needs to keep throwing in the ball, and then I think I'll be fine. Um, it's really my depth that's kind of a problem. I don't have replacements for Johnson or Connor. I really just have guys in committees, Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones. Devin Singletary isn't healthy yet. I think I if I, I need him, he, he could be my saving grace in the back half of the year. You need him soon. He hasn't played since week two. And I need Josh Allen to come back off his bye weekend so I can get Baker off my team. So, yeah, there's just a lot of concerns on my roster. I'm not happy. Engram's been fine, but even now, he, I mean, he missed last night's game. So I'm starting Delaney Walker this week, my fossil. I'm just frustrated. I don't want to say too much more about this. You have a talented-looking roster, but injuries and you've just been very unlucky. I mean, you're mainly here because you're 1-4. Yeah, I, I mean, I am the ninth-best team right now, and it's really just been inconsistency. I have guys with high ceiling, but they never go off at the same time. So I always end up putting up like a meddling like 100, 110 points, which hasn't been good enough for four out of the five weeks I played. No. Anyway, let's move on. Number eight, this is a move down of one spot. We have the Griffins, and we, we kind of just talked about this earlier. I think really we moved them down because of the loss of Jacobs. We both agreed this is a bad trade, and now they have to start. I guess Damien Williams is a fine RB2 behind Cook, and Lindsay's a fine flex, but... He's become the number two now. Who? Lindsay's become the RB2. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and, you know, Lindsay of last year, that's a great RB2, but not this year. And beyond, Dev- I mean, with Devontae Adams dealing with that turf toe, with Watkins. By, yeah, Watkins banged up, Deshaun banged up, you know, this team is looking iffier by the week. Yeah, I can relate to them. Theirs is more about wide receiver issues, but their injuries and miscellaneous <laughs> retirements, I guess, are they're, they're they're building up and they're hurting the Griffins, unfortunately. Yep. No, I don't think much else to say here. He's got to put in a wide receiver three this week. Yeah, he's got to find someone soon, and until Drew Brees returns, this team has to just survive. Yeah, exactly. So at number seven, we have... A net movement of plus two for not guilty, moving up to number seven. Yeah, and I think this is largely because um, of their win last week, right? I mean, they're three and two now, or two, two, two and, and three. three. Yeah, so I mean, they, they beat the Bears last week, which I know was kind of a bye week at this point. But honestly, you know, we were making, we've been making fun of him for having as many pats as he does. But honestly, the, the Patriots have had a good schedule. Yes, and the Patriots' defense has basically been a cheat code up to this point. So as long as they keep rolling, averaging like 25 points a week, you know, start Tom Brady, start the Patriots' defense, start James White, I guess. I mean, maybe not James White. He's only been averaging seven a week. Again, you know, we say this every week. It gets kind of old. The running backs are the issue on this team. Yeah. Uh, And now it's starting to seem like the receivers are also an issue because Juju has regressed. Calvin Ridley has ceded a lot of stuff to Mohamed Sanu. And, you know, last night Josh Gordon got injured. So beyond Tyree Kill, who might be coming back soon, I think not guilty is about to hit a wall in terms of fantasy production if these receivers can't bounce back. Right, and with all the... He's not making the necessary changes that he needs to do. Um, And it's a dice roll with his wide receivers. Like, can you start Larry from week to week? 
Sometimes it's less than a few three points. Sometimes it's fifteen or more. And Golden Tate just had a um, a very good game, returning for the for the Giants against the Patriots, sixteen points. Yeah, I mean the quarterbacks have to carry this team. Mahomes and Brady. He's got. I mean Mahomes is averaging twenty five. Brady's averaging twenty. So and that's what they've been to, doing. Yeah, it's going to have to be the Chiefs and the Pats. It's going to be the quarterbacks, the Patriots defense, Tyree Kill, and Chris Carson to some extent. Yeah. All right. So at number six, this is you know no change here. We have the Sharks. So why don't you start looking analyzing this roster? So the Sharks are two and three, along with the Griffins and not guilty. So they're still in the thick of it for the NFC division. The wide receivers have just not been panning out, I, I guess you can say. OBJ, Stefan Diggs, and they're just not doing what they need to do. Yeah, really, I think the problem here, I mean, you're, you hit it right in, you know, nail on the head here, the receivers. Odell and Hopkins, John drafted them both as top 10 receivers. And right now, Hopkins, they're not, they, right now, they're, neither of them are breaking top 25. So they're both averaging less than 10 points a week. This has really been the Achilles heel of this team. I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson has been good. I will give John credit. You know, I was a little bit wrong on him. Not just a little bit. I was wrong on him. I didn't think he would be a top 10 quarterback at this point in the season, but he's averaging 25 points a game. So, you know, kudos to John for riding with his his Ravens. But the minute that these Ravens regress, you know, Jackson and Ingram regress in production, John really has nothing else to stand on. And we haven't even gotten to the tough part of the schedule yet. Yeah, for the, for the Ravens? Yeah, Ravens have Seattle coming up, New England week 9, Houston week 11, Rams at week 12. It's going to be tough. And they've been playing very soft defenses. Yeah, exactly. So, John, I would be a little bit worried if I was the Sharks for sure. But I will say his his running backs have exceeded expectations. True. It's just going to be a matter of whether they can continue to make up for the lack of receiver production. So let's move on. Number five, again, no change here. We have uh, Game of Jones. No change even after beating up on me last week, just because there's still I think there's still some, some question marks on this team. Um, Melvin Gordon did not perform at the level that I think Bobby expected him to play at. Again, still a pretty complete roster. And they are three and two, so I would probably put this team. I think this team is like a very high fifth overall. Like, I think there's there's basically two clusters here. You've got like Sharks, Guilty, Griffins is one tier. The bottom five. Think, well, not bottom five. It's like oh, you know, okay, tiers. Six through eight, like a six through eight group. I think Beagles, Bears. Unfortunately for me, where I'm kind of struggling. So you got us. The bottom tier. And then you've got your your five your six through eight tier, which is Sharks, Guilty, Griffins, who I would kind of put pretty much evenly. And then I think the start of this next tier is um, Game of Jones. So I think a pretty decent roster. You know, Keenan has been excellent. Um, but even still, like receivers aren't going to carry you this year. I mean, Keenan's the sixth-ranked receiver, and he's averaging 13 points a week, which is good. But Bobby is really succeeding because of Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones more so than really anyone else. Um, Aaron Jones just put up a forty burger. Yeah, I mean that's really why he beat me. To be honest, that's the main reason. And his depth is a little bit concerning, but 
I think overall Bobby is in a good place to at least make a, a, a run for the playoffs. Yeah, as far as depth goes, Coleman and Brita are probably the only great running back options he's got. And I don't even know who you play if uh, when, when you need to. Like, do you go Coleman? Do you go Brita? I, I don't know. I think that's a matchup-dependent duo you have right there. Aaron Jones w- went off, but mainly, is that because of Jamal Williams' absence, who is a very good pass protector in Green Bay's eyes? I think so. I think arguably Bobby's got the the best top two running backs in this league right now with Chubb and Jones. None, not, I mean, they're not Dalvin Cook, but they're both like top twelve guys. I think week in week out, especially if Jamal Williams doesn't play. And so I think sticking with Aaron Jones and not kind of panicking and trading him, I, I think has served game of Jones well and I think it will continue to serve him well as long as the Packers rely, you know run or they lean so heavily on the run I'm looking at the Chargers snap count for Melvin Gordon's return and he played 32 snaps compared to Eckler's 46 snaps so 66% snap count for Eckler and 46 for 46% for Gordon but also like from the eye test like I didn't watch that game but I heard a lot of reports that like Eckler was just running a lot better than Melvin was. I think there's a lot of rust that Gordon needs to, you know, shake off yeah. by the time he comes back. Um, you know, you kind of missed it last week, Brandon. You missed you missed the rebuttal of our bet. I think I got the better end of that one. So I don't know what bet we're going to make this week, but I think uh, I might have gotten the better of you on that initial bet. With uh, the Mixon. Oh, yeah, that's right. That, that was Mixon, Mixon Connor, yeah. So I, I, I'm getting mixed up. That's my bad. I'm getting mixed up with... Andrew, we had bet about Gordon and Eckler, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Well, I think I think Gordon was the was the ball carrier in most cases or you know the 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 workhorse rusher and Eckler was the pass catcher. He got what? 15 receptions? Yeah, it was a pretty it was an absurd yeah. amount of receptions. So, we'll see how it how it plays out now with with uh, a week under his belt. Yeah, and I think Gordon's a fine flex. We'll get into the matchup later, but I think he's a, he's a fine flex going forward. I just don't think Bobby can really count out on him like he expected to when he traded for him. Mm-hmm. So next we have number four, which, uh, again, no change, is the Tigers. And the Tigers suffered their first loss of the year last week. Tragic. It was, uh, Seth, too strong. Too strong. I mean, you got to hand it to the Blizzard. They put up like 180 points on you. Yeah, 179. So that's tough, but uh, gets my PA up apparently. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you're darn right. It gets your P up, your PA up. Um, <laughs> um, I think uh, this, is, this is a PG show. Watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, of course. I think honestly, I think your team is one of the more like volatile teams right now. If I can use that expression. Sure. You've got a bunch of bums starting. Can I be frank? You got a bunch of bums in with Chris Thompson and Kenyon Drake. And, and Christian Kirk and Will Fuller. And I mean, I hey, know hey, Will, hey. Fuller. Will Fuller. That, that's a fluke, bro. Will Fuller put up 40 points last week. That's not going to happen every week. That is not a fluke. I mean, the 40 points is an outlier, but he's not a fluke. Okay, but can you can you explain Brandon Cooks averaging only like eight points a week? I think he's certainly not the guy you drafted him as. He hasn't. Um, he, he was uh, ruled out late in the Seahawks game with the concussion symptoms. So we'll see if he returns for week six yeah i'm just saying like i think my point is here that 
until you get Barkley and Geis back, your your matchups are really kind of just like coin flips. Like it's you you kind of have to survive until they come back. Says the rank nine guy. Yeah, I, I'm being fully transparent about my roster. It's not good right now. Yeah, I know, I know. I have I have players. They just they're not they're not nothing's the pieces are not coming together. It's frustrating. Anyway, so enough said about that. Number three. Um, this is where we had some disagreement in the, you know, two to three. Yeah. And it, you know, full disclosure, you know, we'll, we'll get to it later, but we still have Blizzard at one, but this was really between NLS and the kids. And we went back and forth, you know, NLS is sitting at three and two, but you know, their points four is very, is very strong. And their PA apparently. And their points against is very good too, which is, you know, why they're three and two. Um, but however, you have the kids who are coming have kind of surged in the last couple weeks. They put up almost they they set a they set a CFL record uh, last week. I guess we, we should have talked about that earlier. They set a CFL record of one hundred ninety five point three points. Yeah, which is you know I get it. Like rounding has certainly helped him. You know versus years past. Yeah, this is our first year with uh, moving over to decimals. I don't know why, but we had uh, LMB throwback. They had the previous yeah. record of one eighty three. Yeah, so I mean, that's what a, like a you know, twelve point jump. I don't know if I would account all of that to rounding. So I I do think that the kids do did have a better week. Um, so kudos to the kids. I think they're on the come up, and but maybe they're not at the level of NLS yet, which is why we have the kids at three, and we have NLS at two. So do you want to talk a little bit about the kids roster? Sure, Watson and Wilson. These guys are the real deal. Clearly the number one QB duo. Can't argue there. Alvin Kamara and Le'Veon Bell, like over a month ago, we were like Kamara and Bell are both arguably two top five picks. And now they're both on the same team. So yeah. we'll we'll see how Bell does. Uh, he, ha- he certainly has been the workhorse for the Jets, but how efficient has he been? Not very. Not, not great, especially now with Dallas. They're going to have to play this week. So this team has been very good with their unsexy wide receivers you know Kenny Galladay DJ Moore DJ Chark now they're going to be reliant on getting production from their wide receivers it's very interesting because if you look at the trades that have transpired in our league basically Brandon on the Bears he had Bell he drafted Bell fourth overall and he gives Bell over here to the kids and then now he has Josh Jacobs so I don't know if that really you know comparing Jacobs to Bell it's, I think, honestly, it's kind of more of like a lateral shift. And I don't know what other pieces Brandon has gotten in the process. I think he got Joe Mixon in one of those trades. Yeah. Um, but he's also suffered a quarterback. So I don't know what that really nets Taylor from a trade net perspective. I, 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 would, say he, I would say he lost on one of them, but uh, was on the come up on the second one. Right, exactly. I would agree. I, I didn't like the Bell trade from the beginning. Um and because he also had Gordon, so honestly, if we if he still had Bell and Gordon, I think it makes his team definitely better than it is today. He just, um, he just sold his stock too early. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, back to the kids here. I don't think Bell is. He's a good RB two. I don't think he's going to put up RB one numbers. Honestly, I think it's just a matter of him being on the Jets. If he was still on the Steelers, I mean, maybe not this year, but if he was on a better team, he would put up RB one numbers just because he's that talented. But I think I think. The Jets are going to hold him back and going to continue to hold him back. His receivers are decent. DJ Shark is somehow the third-ranked receiver, averaging 
16 points a week. So, yeah, I mean, he's got some some roster concerns, but he's certainly rock steady at quarterback and running back. Yeah, certainly. Let's move on to number two, which we already, uh, we said uh, was NLS. No change there. Yeah, so this is the one thing I want to talk about with NLS is the quarterbacks. We've talked about his Cowboys, Chargers, and his Bengals when he had played Dolan, but I want to hone in on QB2 here. So Bryce has been, he keeps putting Andy in the lineup. Andy Dolan. The Red Rifle. He keeps flirting with him as his QB2. Dude. I have one message, and I want to say it loud and clear. You have to trust the stash, bro. Put in Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a set-it-and-forget-it at this point. He's doing better than Phillip Rivers, man baby. He's the 11th-ranked quarterback right now. He's averaging 18 points a week. Honestly, I could totally see the Jaguars trading Nick Foles before the deadline to a team like the Bears or another team that could use a... Nick, you know, a decent starting quarterback that is hunting for the playoffs. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew is, you know, I don't think he's like, I'm not going to hype him up too much, but I think he is startable. I think he's a starting quarterback in this league, and I think Bryce has to leave him in his lineup. He's been a very consistent playmaker. 16-plus fantasy points every time he's played a game since week one. He's been consistent. Yeah, very high floor. Yeah, and there's no doubt that he is keeping these Jaguars afloat in a very tough division with the uh, Texans and Colts. Right. So other than that, I mean, we've, we've talked about the rest of this roster before. Um, you know, I think it bodes well for Bryce that Eckler continues to, to play well, even with the return of Gordon. Um, you know, we still have Cooper, who's been a stud. Tyler Boyd has been kind of iffy. Uh, Edelman had a great night last night. He put up 17 points. So, 11. or he put up 11, 11 points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's great for NLS. That's solid. You can't ask for more than that. Really, I mean, the, the bench concern is real, but honestly, I think a lot of our teams have pretty weak benches right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Williams still very inconsistent with his injuries. And MVS haven't seen a lot from the Green Bay Packers wide receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, the last team here. They've been here, I think, since week two. We're still we're still tipping our caps. We're still respecting. Yeah, I'll work on that graph then. Roll, roll blizzard. Roll blizzard. Roll blizzard. I mean, just look at this. He's got he's got the number one receiver in Chris Godwin. He's got the number two tight end in Austin Hooper. That's a big surprise. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> and I and I dinged on Hooper on this show a few weeks ago. I still and will. he's just surprised me. He's averaging ten points a week. He's got the fifth-ranked quarterback in Prescott. He's actually got two top-ten quarterbacks in Prescott and Winston. He has Michael Thomas, who is the fifth-ranked receiver, Derrick Henry, who's the seventh-ranked running back, and, you know, Greg the Leg, who has been Greg the Leg so far. Yeah. And he's got a good bench. He's got T.Y. on the bench. Greg the Leg has no less than nine points a game. Yeah, exactly. He's got Stafford, who's a great QB3. Um, Shepard could be good when he gets back healthy, so... You know, and I got T-Y. In, yeah, and Ty, and he's got Sony Michelle as a flex, so not much to not like on this roster. Yeah, he's been extremely lucky. I think almost all of us have dealt with some type of injury. He's not dealing with any to his really starting lineup. So, except maybe Todd Gurley this week. Yeah, that is interesting. So if he, and that's true, it's an interesting point. Let's talk about this. So if if Gurley misses time, he has to start Carlos Hyde. That's not bad from what other not teams. Not terrible. Yeah. 
Hyde does play the Chiefs this week. So yeah. they can run. you can run the Chiefs. You can. And I, I expect the Texans to put up a lot of points. Yeah, that, that certainly will be a shootout. So maybe maybe Hyde doesn't see much work in that game then, and it's more of a Duke Johnson game. And, you know, I'm just laughing to myself because, yet again, Seth has the top two tight ends in fantasy right now, Will Disley and Austin Hooper. Um, you know, Disley's, they're both averaging 10 points a week. But here's the thing about tight end. Like, you can't look at the positional ranking with it because it's so it's so volatile. And I think you I think you can for some of them. I think if you're a top 10, that's what you're looking for. But as far as numbers go, because like Gerald Everett had a very good game last week, must have slingshot himself into the top 15. He's had a good two weeks. So, I mean, like, I mean, I'm just saying like he's he's emerging in that offense. And I think there's certain guys where like they've just been putting up consistent numbers like Engram, you know, minus this week when he was injured. Uh, Kelsey Ertz has been okay. I mean, he's still putting up a good number of points every week, so he's still he's putting up consistent numbers at least. And uh, Kittle has kind of reemerged as the guy he was last year. So he put his foot down this week. Yeah. So I, I think. Uh, long story short, I think Seth's just in a fantastic spot right now. Yeah. Good spot. Don't see them moving anytime soon. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to our matchups. You know, real quick here. The tally right now, I have 16 wins. I have passed Brandon in my picks. I have 16, and Brandon has 15. So hoping to keep that momentum going here. Yeah, he didn't uh, start off strong. started off with two wins apiece first two weeks. But I've caught up. You've been four for five ever since. Nice. First matchup here, NLS, Bears. What is there really to say here? I'm swiping right on this matchup. <laughs> yeah, Bears are like, I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though. I mean, he didn't even start a QB2. No. So, yeah, I'm picking NLS. Are you picking NLS? NLS. Okay, let's move on. We have Game of Jones versus the Landsharks. I think this well, – let's spend a little bit of time on this one because I think this is actually the only matchup that our picks disagree on here. So I think this is going to be the closest and the most exciting fantasy matchup in our league this this week. Um, I think, honestly, it could come down to the Ravens, as I alluded to earlier. We have Lamar Jackson and – Hollywood Brown, or not not Brown, we have uh, Lamar Jackson and Ingram versus Mark Andrews, who is on Game of Jones. So I think, honestly, whoever gets these touchdowns could decide this game. Yeah, Ravens are going to be a interesting game to watch, especially with Cincinnati being a, a, a poor defense. It's very high-projected game, 137 to 132 in favor of Game of Jones. Yeah, but I, I think it's a toss-up. Yeah, it is a toss-up. I think this game is going to come down to Chubb, Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham Jr. against Seattle. And you can pass on the Seahawks, as, as we've seen. So does that mean less Chubb, more more Beckham? Possibly. It's going to come down. I think that's one of the ma- the key matchups you're going to have to look at. I think they're both going to have a great game. I, I, the Browns are struggling, and they need to create more passing plays for Baker that don't take so long to develop. And I think to do that, you're going to get Odell open more. So I do think Odell is going to have like a rebound game this week against the Seahawks. It's like a much, it's it's pretty much a must-win game for the Browns, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I do, you know, Nick Chubb's been balling, so I I'm not going to say he's not going to have a good week either. So I think that'd be yeah, it's an exciting matchup for sure. Definitely, and it's going to end Monday Night Football yet again. Aaron Jones versus on Johnson. Yep, exactly. So, hmm. 
interesting matchup. What do you what do you think? Who do you think does better? Uh, my pick is the Sharks this week. Um, it's solely based on the matchup of the Ravens versus the Bengals. I think they're going to get up by a lot early, and I think Ingram is just going to run the ball, and I don't think they're going to be passing it too much. You know, also Kyle Allen has a decent matchup against Tampa Bay too, on you know in London. So, and I, and like I said, I think Odell has a, a bounce back game. So I think it's I'm going to give the edge to the Sharks just from a matchups perspective. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go the opposite direction, and I'm going to say Game of Jones wins this game. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next matchup between Oswego Blizzard versus Loudonville Griffins. I think this one's going to be a tough one for the Griffins to win. Just going to come out and say it. Yeah. They're 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 really hurting that receiver right now. He's got Curtis Samuel in. He's starting Landry. And he needs to I find think, another one. Yeah, he doesn't even I mean, maybe if Devontae Adams plays, I think that makes this matchup a lot more interesting. But I don't think Adams is going to play, and I think he'll have to be forced to start like Watkins or Deshaun Jackson, and in that case, I think the Blizzard's just going to win. I think the Blizzard just has too many, too much firepower. They're going to overwhelm them. You know, just they're not even great, not even great matchups per se, except for maybe the quarterbacks. But I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't even think it matters. Um, I I think Austin's team is just hurting, and I think the only way he's going to win is for the Vikings to just like completely destroy his Eagles. <laughs> even though he's going to start Zach Ertz and. Possibly a few other Eagles. Well, yeah. I mean, if he starts, like, I guess he can really only start Ertz and D-Jacks, but I think he would need a shootout. And he would need, I think, maybe, like, two touchdowns, at least from Deshaun Jackson, to make it competitive. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan Howard, probably not a smart play either. So you're going to pick the Blizzard as well? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, let's keep this moving. We have our fourth matchup, which is your Tigers versus the Kids. And... Another interesting matchup because we have, you know, your team having a little bit of a stumble this past week, their first loss, and we've and, and on the flip side, we have the kids putting up 190 points last week. So I think this is a true maybe uh, up-and-coming team versus, uh, you know, perennial playoff contender. So Tigers wide receivers here, I think they're going to be a little overmatched by the kids' receivers this week. You have Galladay against Green Bay, which I think he'll have a good ma- a good game there. Uh, DJ Moore should play well against Tampa, and I also think Shark is going to have a great game against the Saints. Uh, I just don't see that coming from your receivers. I think Cooks is going to have a tough time against the 49ers. Uh, I think Evans could struggle against the Panthers. And, you know, Kirk's been banged up. So I think for you to win this, you're going to need some miraculous things from the trash bowl. You're going to need Thompson and Drake to go off. I think Kyler has some potential to play well against it's the, the Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, exactly. Will Fuller and, just played the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. And, and who knows? Gerald Everett, kind of a wild card, too. I like him. Yeah, it's not good for my team at the moment. We have Mack and Waller on by. And those have been, those two guys have been like my bread and butter at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Everyone else is in in the hospital, man. And the kids are coming yeah. off that record week, so I yeah. I, I don't like my chances here. I'm going to compete. <laughs> That's all I can say. What do you think about Will Fuller, huh? I mean, I told you earlier. I think it was a fluke last week. I. I but this is a good it, matchup. It is a good matchup. So I'm not going to be surprised if he you know catches a touchdown or two, but. 
I, I think it's a better off for Hopkins. I'd be more confident in like Hopkins going off this week than Fuller. Hmm. You trying to make a bet? Is that what you're implying here? Maybe. You, you Fuller versus Hopkins? Uh, that's, that seems like I'm... <laughs> I don't know. That it's your boy. Like... You could root for Fuller. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Hopkins? Hmm. Hopkins has been pretty bad. Why don't you give me a kid matchup, huh? Oh, like one of kids players? A kid player, yeah. And you want to take Fuller? Yeah. <sighs> Can I do a quarterback? What? No. <laughs> oh, it has, has to be a receiver? Yeah. All right, that's fair. I, don't, I mean, mm, can I pick Kittle? Okay, yeah. Perhaps you want to do you want to do George Kittle, or maybe we go maybe we go Hollywood Brown against those Bengals. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> or maybe or maybe DJ Shark against those Saints. Actually, no, I'll go, I'll go Shark. Okay, Shark Shark versus Fuller, wide receiver threes. Okay, I say Will Fuller is going to have. More points than DJ Shark this week. And I believe that DJ Shark Jr. is going to have more points this week, week six, than Will Fuller. Isn't it? I thought it was Shark. No, no, I think it's Shark. Now I'm not sure. There's been debate about that. I thought you told me it was Shark. That's what I thought, but that was probably months ago. All right, well, let's. we're both picking the kids on this one. Yeah, my undefeated run is over. Yeah, we're, we're running kind of long on time, so we, we want to get the listeners. We want to get the listeners their info and get out of here. So we've got my Beagles versus not guilty. I think this is kind of a uh, this could be a tipping point for both teams. If I get into a one in five hole, it's gonna be pretty. I've done it. I've come back before. I know I can do it, but it's just gonna be that much tougher versus if I'm two and four. And likewise, if if Colin gets down to two and four, he's just he's pretty much in the in the basement along with me, and he's going to be less competitive with those upper tier guys. I we I did my prediction before last night's game. He put up fifty five points last night from his four Patriots. He had Brady with twenty two, White with five. Gordon got injured, so he put up less than one, and the Patriots defense had twenty eight, which is pretty crazy. Um, not that I'm surprised, really. So 55 points from his four pats, I- I'm not too concerned. It definitely could have been a lot more. The combined the combined projection was around 50-ish. Was it? Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's about what I expected. Um, I think maybe the, de- the defense, they're not going to project the pats defense at 28. So, um, you know, Gordon's obviously a concern for him going forward. Um, you know, James White seeded a lot of work to... Michelle and Brady had two rushing touchdowns, which I guess helped Colin. That was where most of his points came from. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the kicker here for this matchup is if David Johnson doesn't play, I think I'm toast. You got Chase Edmonds. I do. I picked him up earlier today just for insurance. I think I'd have to play him. Uh, But not having Engram this week certainly hurt. I wish I could play Josh Allen over Baker, but Allen's on bye. Um, I picked up the Broncos' defense against the Titans. I'm full sending Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin might be my saving grace this week if he can score, like, three touchdowns on the Dolphins. So I really just need my guys to be solid, and I think I have a chance, but it's easier said than done, at least for the Beagles right now. Yeah, I'm thinking not good for you. I'm thinking Mahomes is going to feast on the Texans. He's going to get 30-plus easily. Although Mahomes has had that nagging ankle injury, though. That's true, yeah. I, he plays, but do you think that affects him at all? Do you think they'll run the ball more? Hmm. 
I, I mean, we saw a few, we saw some plays with him with a bad ankle and it, and it didn't look like he was throwing well off of uh, his good foot. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, I could I could see Mahomes putting up, like, yards and not getting touchdowns. Yeah. This game. I could see that. So, I, I think it would be I, dependent I, on Chiefs running backs. Yeah. And I think they'd yeah. be, I think they'd be, like, dump-offs. I mean, I think McCoy and Williams are going to play this week, so I think they'll be back to full strength. Yeah, Mahomes could be the decider in this matchup for sure. It'll be, I don't know if we have anyone on Monday night. No, all of our guys are on Sunday. That's kind of a first. So at least I won't have to sweat on Monday night like I did last time. Yeah, just Sunday um, night. <laughs> it'll be it'll be James Conner at 8, at eight o'clock versus, Ju, versus Juju. Versus Juju. Ooh. Conner versus Juju. That could be interesting. Mm, yeah. Um, so they're both kind of guys that have been underperforming so far. Yeah, that's a tough one. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna pick not guilty. I think I think Juju does better than James Conner. Oh, is this the bet you're trying to make now? I'm, I thought we already made a bet. You can't do two bets in a week. Why not? We simmer can make downs. Two, we can make two simmer bets. Simmer down. It's simmer down. I ain't betting on make this. Make the bet. No, simmer make down. Make the bet. I'm I'm picking not guilty. Um, I think it could be close, and I think honestly, the two wild cards for both teams are McLaurin and Mahomes. So it could come down to those two guys. I think it's going to be, you know, low hundreds. I might not even break 100. I don't, maybe Colin doesn't even break 100. Um, maybe neither. It would be hard not 100. to with 55 now. That's true. But I think this is going to be one of the lower scoring matchups of the week, um, except for maybe an NLS blowout over the Bears, which is what we discussed. So I'm going to pick not guilty, and it's going to be close, and it's going to be heartbreaking for me. I'm going to pick not guilty. I don't think it's going to be close. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I see how it is. <laughs> I think that wraps it up. Yeah, a little bit long episode, but we'll just chalk it up to it being Austin's birthday and giving him some more more of our more uh, enjoyable listening for him. We, we kind of hammered on him, though, on, on his birthday. <laughs> <sighs> I guess we did. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. Austin, just, you know, you can come on the show. That, that's your birthday gift. You, 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 have, you have the uh, right to be the next guest. Yeah, if you so wish. You just need to find a time that works for us. Yeah, for you. Yeah, I mean, side note, I will say, I did get some positive feedback on uh, Andrew's commentary. So, shout out to the kids. Um, and, you know, he can come back if he wants to anytime. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and we, you know, thank you again, Andrew, for filling in um, on short notice with uh, Brandon being a bum over here. Uh, I am so, not a bum. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that I later. I had a lot of tests and homeworks and, pro- and projects. All right. Well, we're going to sign off now. Uh, enjoy the football this week, this weekend, guys, and uh, good luck to your fantasy teams. And happy birthday, Austin. Happy birthday. Good luck to everyone. And remember, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See ya. Peace out. <laughs>